tired. So tired. Overtired. You're listening to Overtired. I'm Christina Warren here with Brett Tripstra. Brett, Brett, how are you? I am, I am. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I've been up like this is kind of similar to last week when we recorded, except I've been up like way, way longer. <laughs> um, like I fell asleep early again. It was one of those things. I've been awake since like midnight. I don't know. So wow, it's gonna be one of those days. I've been sleeping so much lately. I'm I'm in that like low energy part of my month with my like recent cycle of like no manic right. episodes, just just regular depressive episodes. But I'm not I'm not depressed. Like You're I'm not a, depressed. You just I'm are in like a great low energy. mood. Yeah, just super tired. Just oh, I mean, and it's bad timing with like the big hands on lab coming up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're in crunch time. Um, first, uh, I guess we should get into that um, for Brett, Brett's mental health corner slash uh, Brett's uh, work update. Um, <laughs> things work out okay with work with you not having the thing done like I like I said yeah. it would be. Yeah, yeah, everything's cool. Uh, the guy building the lab came through, and I was able to write up all of my stuff. Um, a little like there, I wish the lab was more interactive. Yeah, Like that's kind of the point of a hands-on lab is to really be hands-on. But in order to, in order to change, like if you wanted to play around with the, the inputs to the machine learning, it takes 40 minutes to compile the changes Ooh. in a two hour lab. That is yeah, you can't do that. You untenable. Can't do that. So we're basically, we're, we're explaining to people like how to do this on your own. And they have like 30 days of uh, like $500 in credits to use with the cloud platform. So they'll have plenty of time to play with it. And my goal is to make sure they they know how to by the end of the lab. So that's, you know, that's my responsibility. I'm cool with it. Things are going well. I learned the hard way that Jupiter Lab does not autosave. I had gone through, I had spent an entire day like adding notes to the notebooks so that people could understand what was happening. Uh, change, I like, I went and changed the legends on all of the, uh, the charts that it output so that they made more sense. Uh, cause they were not written by a native English speaker. So tons of, uh, minor edits. And I just assumed like, cause in this day and age who hits save, like everything auto saves. But then my computer crashed, which is another problem I'm having lately. And, uh, and, uh, I lost the whole day of, uh, of edits. So, you know, that was cool. Yeah. No, when you told me about that, like I felt so bad. And then I actually looked into it cause I, I thought I was like, I thought Jupyter Notebooks had autosave and it does, but I guess maybe whatever you were using didn't work or maybe you didn't have the interval set the right way or, or whatever. It saves checkpoints, but you still have to manually hit save. <gasps> oh, Okay. Also, I will confess here that at this point, I like primarily use Visual Studio Code for notebooks. Yeah. 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 Well, honestly, you know, but this is a lesson that, that you and I learned. I mean, this is actually like the ultimate lesson, which is like never write in the CMS. Right. Right. And and the <laughs> Jupyter Notebook is is a CMS. The problem is it's like a web app. So, yeah. you know. Like, like, uh, um, I think JetBrains has like support and, and Visual Studio Code does and some other things, but there aren't like, you know, nobody's made like a native way to do it because it's a web app. So, so like, I mean, with WordPress, like I never used to write in the WordPress editor. Oh, no, absolutely but not. It's gotten so good at like autosave. You can completely crash your, your web browser can close out and you can come back and everything's there because it auto saves frequently right which is nice when that happens i don't know i think uh i i've been and i, I i'm sure that i would have made a similar mistake to you or, or could have like because because we all have those lessons where you have to like relearn it or whatever either relearn having to save frequently or relearn like use something that has like a, a better mechanism but I, I, for whatever reason, I don't care what it is. Even when I've seen really graceful, like restores from saving in the web editor in a browser, it, that's just, it's one of those things where I'm just like, no, I'm not doing this. Like I'm I, not saving in the browser. Yeah, I understand. I just, because this was running in a cloud compute 
that no, exactly. I Which, didn't have easy SSH access to. And I know, like, I know. It's very complicated. No, no, I, I understand. Again, like, I'm just going to plug it again because you could use it with your same things like Visual Studio Code. You can use it to do like cloud instance stuff where you could be loading the project from like your server and would handle all, all the SSH and all that stuff with it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I totally, um, that would require you'd probably install something like on a server, which you may or may not be able to provision. So I, I could see how that could be a problem. But no, I, I, I get I get exactly what you're saying. When you're like in a situation where you can't configure your tools the way you want, you're having to use the browser, everything's been working great. You thought that it was auto-saving, something went wrong and you realize, oh, this really wasn't doing what I thought it was going to do. And now I have to redo stuff. And that's the worst. I had to walk away for like two hours just to like, just cope, oh, yeah. with, cope with the loss for a little oh, 100%. while. 100%. No, I and mean, we've all been there. And again, like the, the rule of like, don't edit in the CMS. We all learn it because we've lost great things that we've written. Sure. Like we, we both come from the, uh, the blog world. Yes. Writing for, for large, large organizations that expect you to write in the CMS. And we've both spent, you know, our entire careers finding ways around that. I was going to say exactly like we, we basically, yeah, that's exactly it. We found our, our entire careers around doing what they wanted us to do, like to the point where, yeah, um, I, I was using Marked even at, um, at at Gizmodo in Kenja. I don't know what its status is now, but I doubt it's good. Because, oh, right. Yeah. Well, well, Great Hill, the company that bought Gawker from Univision, um, not a good company. And almost everybody has left. And I'm not sure how many members of the development team are still there but when i was there um both in the pre and the and in the during univision era i was actually kind of impressed by how they're you know they had a pretty robust product team and this tms i have to say was pretty good um but i still was so paranoid that i would write in my you know text editor and use marked and then like copy marked into like rtf to paste Right. into in in into Kenja and just out of somehow out. that worked that's how good yes. Kenja was though like the the bane of CMSs back in the day was people would try to paste from word and yeah. they would get horrible markup um and then these newer systems came along where you could paste rich text yep into them and get perfectly clean markup and that was that's cool uh, I'm, no, I'm not gonna I, lie I, that's cool I, I know. And I was happy with that. I was like, okay, I can't do my custom kind of, you know, input the way that I would want to, but I, the, it'll do the RTF. And Kenja was good enough. And I mean, again, this was, you know, five years ago, um, uh, four or five years ago, but it was good enough that it actually supported both embed stuff fairly well. Like it would, it would you know, um, uh, uh, in a WYSIWYG style, handle that stuff quite well but also if you did need to go in and edit the actual code would yeah. actually let you access that whereas like the the cms that mashable built which was a dumb thing for them to build um and that whole product team was gone within a year of it being built because it was sold and they all were like yeah. not deemed um needable you know and, and certainly they weren't like uh, you know, Zip Davis or, or or the corpse of Zip Davis or whatever who uh, who bought Mashable didn't uh, didn't buy it for the CMS. But <laughs> in that case, like they'd over engineered it and they had all these things, but it didn't work that well. And I was like, okay, I need actually a way to like access and edit the main markup. And and they were like, well, we'll we'll maybe give you access, but we really don't want you to do that because it can break some other things. And I'm like. Okay, but that's not my problem, right? Like, I I I need to to work and write, and I'm not saying that, that was why I left. It, it it wasn't, but it certainly like helped when I was like, I'm not using this fucking CMS. Like, this is just a bad experience. AOL AOL Tech made a an attempt at building their own CMS, and like the idea behind it was good. Uh, you know how WordPress has like a block editor now? Yes, yes. Uh, that was. That was their, their kind of, it, this was before Gutenberg came out, but that was yeah. the premise of what they wanted to rebuild. And it wasn't a horrible idea, but in much the same way, they tried to abstract so far away from actual HTML markup right? that I felt like it was a mistake because in the end, we are producing HTML markup and you well, can't- Well, that's the really thing. <laughs> that's the thing. I mean, honestly, that's my problem with, with Gutenberg. Um, 
well, I have a lot of problems with Gutenberg. I have a lot of problems with, with I, I get what WordPress is trying to do. WordPress has been stuck in this weird middle phase, I feel like, for a number of years where they are very actively trying to compete with Squarespace and Wix. And um, uh, what's the what's the builder that everybody uses? Um, the the front end one that people like. I don't know. Um, I can't think of the name of it, but it's like a commercial. It's, it's a SaaS CMS. I can't think of the name of it right now. They're trying to compete with those things. They're also really trying to compete with Shopify because Shopify like kicks ass and they're like, oh, use WooCommerce, use our hosted stuff, whatever. Cool, whatever. Problem is, is that most of your older school like developers and agencies and people who've been with WordPress aren't part of that world. And so it's this weird thing where you can't do all this stuff with the blocks that you could do with the old world, but also the old like developers and people don't know JavaScript well enough to do the new stuff. So it's just kind of a, a shit show. Yeah. Yeah. So I got a corporate Amex card. Hell yeah. What have you bought on it so far? I, I will, I, I'm about to charge a bunch of video equipment because I am now expected to make dynamic looking, exciting videos. Uh, I, I somehow got roped into that. Well, but it's cool. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna be a video personality. Thing about this card is they did this cool thing where like it's got this. The whole thing looks like a dollar bill, right? And right. This kind of banner that says "Member Sense" uh, is clear, so that like if you hold it up to light, it glows through it. Except for they put different words in the same banner on the back. So when you do hold it up to the light, you just get a jumble of forwards and backwards letters that's completely unreadable. And I don't understand why you would take something that cool and then write reclaimed because it's all reclaimed plastic. So they put reclaimed in the banner on the other side. Anyway, minor quirk. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sick. I haven't had a corporate credit card since, uh, what is it, like? 2005 it's been a while this is fun yeah no it's totally fun do you have any other american express cards no should i um it's my favorite credit card but uh i have like three of them um <laughs> no but i pay them off in full every month it's not sure, one of those sure, things sure. um i like their membership reward stuff i like some of their perks i will say if you are going to consider getting like a personal amex card pay the 75 dollars to um, get your points, your the membership reward points that you earn on your corporate cards to go to your personal account. Okay. Good tip. It's Good like a tip. one-time thing. And that way, any of the stuff you earn on your corporate card will get those things. And and the they often have like good, good redemption deals and other stuff. If we ever are able to travel again, they have good things for that. But you can also use them for other stuff. And they're usually valued at about two cents a point. So I'm supposed to be traveling again as early as this fall, but all those plans were made before oh, yeah. the Delta variant. I, I was going to say, everybody has pushed back this stuff. Like, we're not going into the offices now. They say earliest will be October 7th. Um, they have finally, I'm glad, I had mentioned this last episode, I think, that I wanted them to require people to be vaccinated, and that is actually happening. Oh, cool. Um, which is good because because they'd said in January, they were like, oh, we won't force people to do that. And I kind of get why they wanted to get out ahead of that. Although I kind of don't. I'm kind of like, you know, don't make promises like that and fucking force people to get vaccinated. Now it's going to be a requirement. Any vendor, any visitor, any like anybody who enters the offices is going to have to upload proof of, of vaccination. So that's good. I'm down with it. The, yeah. Like this whole, this whole, uh, our we we could be we could be almost back to normal now. We if, could be we could be done was. with all this stuff if everybody had gotten their fucking shots. This wouldn't have mutated. I mean, that's what pisses me off is that we're all gonna have to go back to the fucking mask bullshit and the other stuff. I went on this rant last week, but now I'm just mad about it. And oh, <laughs> and because she'll never listen. My fucking sister still isn't vaccinated and is like refusing to get vaccinated. What? And I know. And my parents are pissed. My mom doesn't want to be like alone in, in confined spaces with her. And I don't blame her. Her boss, I'm hoping, who, who is a doctor, is going to be like, if you're going to continue to work with me, you have to be vaccinated. I'm hoping that that will have to be done. But she's, she keeps coming up with random excuses and it's so stupid. And the problem with her, she's not a dumb person, but she's not as smart as she thinks she is. <laughs> but you can't tell her anything. <laughs> well, 
my mom blames this and my mom's not wrong. My mom blames the fact that she was tested when she was four and was found to have a genius IQ. And my mom was dumb enough to tell her that. So she <laughs> has this complex her whole fucking life. A, not realizing, you know, your IQ goes down as you as you get older. And B, like, doesn't mean that you have common sense or good judgment, which she has neither. So, but but she is she is smart enough to be like, you can't tell her anything. So it's really frustrating arguing with her because even if you're an expert in something, she'll be convinced that she knows better and and, and there's like nothing you can do. Does your IQ go down as you get older? Well, from when they test it, yes. So like huh. if you get tested when you're like four or five or, or under 10, your IQ will be lower if they test you when you're like 20 or 30 or whatever. I don't think that you actually get dumber. I think it's just the, I guess maybe the range or how they're, they're testing it that changes. I feel dumber. Like I test, I had a, a high IQ and I was put into like all kinds of gifted programs. Same. And uh, I definitely, I, 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 I always blamed the drugs, but I definitely feel dumber. Like it takes me so much longer. Co cognitive function takes me so much longer than it did when I was a kid. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's hard for me to kind of grasp. I don't know. I feel sometimes I feel like I am and then sometimes I feel like I'm not. I don't know. Because part of it, because sometimes I'm like, okay, if I actually apply myself and I actually do stuff, I'm a pretty smart person and I don't think I'm dumber. There was a period of time, especially when I was like, you know, post-college and I was kind of in like my like quarter life, like fuck up period where I was like, didn't know what to do with my life, where I was like curse of the gifted child. You know, I was yeah. one of those things was like, I was like, yeah. I was going to be all these things and look at me now. Yeah. I, I'm a blogger for time. <laughs> like what the fuck? Um, you know, like it, it was the part-time part that was the real thing. I mean, but this was also like when I graduated from college and the financial crisis happened and I was like, well, I'm not going to get into law school on my grades. Like, I mean, I could get in with the LSAT, but like, I'm not going to get, you know, like no one's going to give me money to go. And, uh, and my parents were like, we paid a whole bunch of money for your undergrad. The financial crisis has hit us pretty hard because your dad's in real estate. So uh, best of luck to you. If you're doing that, it's coming out of your own pocket. And I'm like, yeah, that's not a risk I want to take. But yeah, there was like a whole lot of me where I was like, okay, oh, you know, I had all these like great, you know, like aspirations and expectations and I'm a fuck up. But, you know, like a decade after all that, I'm like, eh, actually worked out okay. So. Feel, I feel better. You know, it's probably good for brain function. What's that? Protein. Protein. Yeah. Is this, is this, uh, is this your very good segue? It, it is. It's completely unscientific. I have no, I have no knowledge. This is not my area of expertise. I just assume that protein is good for the brain. I mean, it's not bad for the brain. Okay. Let's roll with it then. We'll call that my segue to our sponsor this week, which is Ritual Protein. Woohoo. Uh, Protein powders can feel intimidating with all of that no pain, no gain stuff associated with them. But the truth is deep down, as in like cellular level deep, we all need protein and it's, it's about more than just muscles. So Ritual's team of scientists reimagined protein from the ground up and from the inside out, from how it's made to who it's for. The result is a delicious plant-based protein offered in three premium formulations for distinct life stages and unique nutrient needs all made with the same high standards approach and commitment to traceability that Ritual is known for. Whether you're doing reps or you're more into dog walks, Ritual is introducing essential protein here to shake things up. Now that I'm a, a corporate worker with a busy meeting schedule, taking the time to cook lunch has been tough. I've been using Ritual as a meal replacement, getting the protein I need so I don't feel hungry, and the nutrition that would otherwise take some careful meal planning. I've been mixing it with two cups of fresh spinach uh, to get my, my leafy greens into my diet, and it's been going great. Uh, having used some meal replacement products in the past, I can tell you that essential protein actually tastes great, uh, like not just in comparison to like uh, Soylent or whatever. Uh, it's just seriously. And I've used protein, pea protein in the past, and, and making it taste good is really not easy. Uh, Ritual managed to do it with no added sugar or sugar alcohols. The trick apparently is handcrafted vanilla flavor made from a direct from farmer vanilla bean act extract sustainably harvested in Madagascar. 
uh, with their visible supply chain, you can always see what's in their formulas, where the ingredients came from, and why they're included. Essential Protein comes in clean, plant-based formulas specifically created to support nutrient needs of different life stages like 18+, pregnancy and postpartum, and 50+. 20 grams of pea protein plus a complete amino acid profile made with essential choline to help fill common dietary gaps. Like all Ritual products, Essential Protein is soy-free, gluten-free, and formulated with non-GMO ingredients. So, why not shake up your Ritual? So why not shake up your Ritual? To make trying something new less scary, Ritual offers a money-back guarantee if you're not 100% in love. Plus, our listeners get 10% off during their first three months. Just visit ritual.com overtired to add Essential Protein today. That's ritual.com slash overtired. Go check it out. I, I highly recommend it. Great stuff. So Fantastic. there's this thing happening that, that seems to have you pretty riled up. Uh, let's talk about Apple privacy. I'm so annoyed with this. This is just like, this is, and this is to me the rollout and the way that they like did the messaging behind this bun hall of it is just, is just bad. Um, I'll preface this by saying, obviously, goes without saying that any sort of, you know, uh, child, uh, you know, sexual abuse imagery, any of that stuff is is abhorrent and terrible and and shouldn't exist. Uh, that said, um, the way that Apple and the way that they're presenting this is like they they had this whole big like press briefing thing um, on Thursday where they're like, oh, look at all the things we're going to be doing to limit, you know, like a, uh, you know, um, uh, you know. Uh, harmful images of, of children from from getting out there. Everyone's like, oh, this is great. And then you look into it and you're like, actually, this whole thing is pretty fucked on a lot of levels. So they basically announced that they are doing two different things. Um, one, it, it, they're calling this their expanded protections for children. So the first thing that they're doing is they are doing CSAM uh, uh, detection, where basically they there's like a, a database that that is maintained by like one of the government agencies that has known um, you know abusive um, imagery in it, uh, really bad stuff, and they are using the hashes from that, and they will be comparing device side, like so client side, um, any photos that are on your phone, and they will basically be able to like figure out like if the hash matches or not so they're not like doing ai to say oh this is this is a child it's being like no the the you know algorithmic hash of this photo matches this photo now they claim that if they you know find out that it matches or not that they're not doing anything with it until that file is uploaded to icloud um but it's still like a pretty problematic thing to be like okay on your phone now, the stuff that you do on your phone is now being scanned and monitored by Apple. Like that, that I know itself, Kinda. I think. But no, it but is that device side. Yeah, but that honestly, I think, makes it worse. Like, because in this case, it's device side, but it's like they're they're claiming they're not doing anything with it until it uploads. But that also means that they could change things like device side, like it should be other databases too. So I feel like the slippery slope is is pretty gargantuan. Like and and not even or not even gargantuan, the actually opposite of that. I feel like it's actually a really low slope to go from, okay, we're going to have this database of hashes for, you know, uh child uh, porn. Ch- child porn to we're going to use a database um of of terrorist content which actually has been created uh people have created that sort of thing the eff um had a, a really good um blog on on their website um kind of highlighting some of these problems so and 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 i think it also becomes a problem where it's like okay so you know and and you're having to trust them to basically say oh we're not doing anything with this until we upload it and i'm like okay but what opportunities do you have to upload or not? Because depending on how you're using iCloud and 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 and, and iPhoto stuff, that that you don't really have an option um, unless you turn all of that stuff off. So it's a, it's a that in and of itself, I, I have some problems with. Um, although like, I think like the idea is good. I don't know. It just seems to me like it, so. 
when 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 they find a problematic image though aren't they just blurring it uh no. like three levels of blurring and then notifying parents no no that's different that's different which i actually think that thing is worse there's two separate things they completed them and made it part of one announcement so the first thing is that they're doing this csam detection based on the photo set um you know that's maintained by the national center for missing and exploited children and then the other feature scans all iMessage images sent or received by child accounts. And so that's all accounts that are designated as someone who's under 18. And then um, it, it it scans them all for sexually explicit material. And then if the child is young enough, it'll notify the parents that those images are sent or received. And that feature can be turned on or off by parents. That feature, I think, is really fucked. Like, because to me, that feature... And, and the FF says this, I'm, I'm, I'm basically kind of like uh, quoting from them like uh, directly here is it basically makes um, a complete mockery of of the fact that like their their end to end encryption doesn't exist. Like like one of Apple calls it is no longer secure messaging, because if you are doing that sort of AI scanning, which is not based on the hashes, which is not based on the child stuff, which is just based on their own machine learning to say this is a pornographic image um, and, and you're you're then notifying the user oh, hey, this is pornographic, and then they're giving you a pop-up. If you want to view this, then we're going to send it to your parents. Or if you're between 13 and 17, why they're even showing you a pop-up? They're claiming they're not going to send it to your parents, but they're like, oh, are you sure you want to view this? Um, but if you then send it to like a, a, another kid, if you say yes and it comes into their chat, like their parents are going to get notified and they're not even going to get a pop-up. Like it's the whole thing is fucked. Like kids are going to get outed like kids are going to get outed because of this is that like, really a bad thing yeah i mean if you okay if, if you got gay kids oh you mean are, outed outed yes yes huh i mean honestly think about it like if you if you've got kids who are, are dealing with like you know like sexuality confusion and whatnot and they are receiving messages and look i'm not getting into morality thing frankly it's not my job but it's not apple's job either like leave that to the third party services that want to sell nanny software to parents i don't understand why apple needs to be in this business but i'll tell you what bothers me even getting aside my own like issues with apple being a paternalistic like assholes about this and i'm sorry but they they don't need to be involved in this this is not their business like this doesn't need to be part of their bottom line they're not going to make any money off of this like say the fuck out of like you know like teenagers like sex honestly is that if they do it with that, they basically just shown to governments like the Chinese Communist Party and, um, you know, to Hong Kong and, and, to, and to other regimes, Russia, India, to say, oh, we're going to be able to go through and identify if content is offensive in another way. And we can alert people if it is. And if they choose to view it, we can send it to the government. Like, yeah, that's, that's problematic. That's not an insane thing to think about. It's not insane to think that China would be like, yes, if you share a Winning the Pooh image, we're going to upload that to the government. Like, that's not actually an out-of-bounds thing to think about. Like, that's actually completely, completely, like, like, that seems completely likely. I'm not saying that that's going to happen. But if someone told you that that happened, you wouldn't be surprised. I mean, keep in mind, this is the same country that it forced you know, the 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 minority um, Muslim population uh, to install malware on their phones so that they could track and stalk them. So, yeah. like, you know, in, 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 in like, aided in, you know, attempting to, connect, you know, commit genocide. Like, this is not a country that is going to, in the least bit, be like, oh, yes, if you said something against your leader, we're immediately sending this, you know, yeah. to no, the censorship I, police. I, 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 see the, I see the pitfalls there for sure. So I, I don't know. From. So I'm pissed about it because it just seems like I wouldn't. I wouldn't even be so mad if Apple didn't sell themselves as the fucking privacy company. And to me, you can't have it both ways. You can't say that you're the privacy company and talk about like everything that's on your iPhone stays on your iPhone, and then monitor people's iMessages if it's a designated as a child account. But that shows that if you can do it for the child accounts, that you could do it for accounts in other places, and you could do it for other things. And if you're saying, yeah, we're going to be doing client side you know, surveillance and marking if stuff is upgraded or not. Like, I, I think I'd have less of an issue with the the CSAM stuff if the reason that they had to do it client-side was because all the photos that were stored were encrypted, but they're not. Yeah. So 
they could, and in fact, they already have in some cases, run images that are stored against those databases. So I don't, like, there's nothing in their white paper that explains why they need to do that. They go into all these details about how secure their stuff is, but it's like, it ignores the fact that an iCloud backup is not encrypted. Like, your iMessages, your photos, your mails, like, all these things are not encrypted. Your emojis are, actually. Your fucking <laughs> emojis are. And, and your Apple Card transactions that, you know, any law enforcement agency could reach out to um, Goldman Sachs and get a list of all of your credit card transactions. Uh -huh. um, that stuff's encrypted. Yeah, because, I mean, that, that would be very easy. Those two things are encrypted. Your emojis and your, and your, your Apple Card transactions are encrypted. Um, and, and can't be unlocked. And your passwords, which is a good thing, like your keychain is encrypted. But everything else um, is not encrypted in, in, in iCloud backups. If they, were, if they were announcing this and they were saying, hey, by the way, iCloud backups are now going to be completely encrypted. And because of that, we have to do this fingerprinting thing. Okay. Like, I still have problems with it. And I still feel like it's a slippery slope and it could go into a way that I don't like. And I don't like... I don't like the the rationale of saying because we want to stop this one bad thing, we're doing this, we're, we're, we're making this exception because that's how you get shit like FOSTA and SESTA, which was uh, yeah. allegedly about stopping sex trafficking and has actually just made things worse. Yeah, and, for and, sure. You know, and so so I feel like it's like, okay, you can, but you, but you could at least have that argument, you could at least have that conversation. But right now, the photos aren't encrypted anyway. So who the hell cares? Like, why does it need to be done device side? I don't know. I'm just, I'm bothered by the whole thing. So that's my rant. I, I'm, you, you make a lot of sense. Like I had not considered a lot of these points. I did not read anything uh, from the EFF since I read that announcement, but yeah. Well, we'll put our, we'll put the link in the, in the show notes. And I should say that like, when I found out about this, I was hopping mad with um, a friend of mine who works at the EFF. Um, but I was saying all the same things. Like we actually were freaked out because we were realizing that the quarantine has made us share the same brain and that, <laughs> that, that freaks both of us out. So I wasn't, it wasn't like by, you know, I mean, like I, I was Apple's like biggest defender and like supporter when they fought against the feds during the, the San Bernardino shit. And I thought that they did the right thing. I'm, I'm going to be very critical here because I don't know, like I, I take civil liberties very seriously. And I don't know, it, it honestly, it would bother me. It would bother me less if Google or Amazon or Facebook did this because they don't pretend to be the privacy company. They don't pretend to give <laughs> a shit. All. They don't fucking <laughs> pretend. It almost makes it worse when like you have ad campaigns and you sell yourself as we're so much better. And then you do shit like this, which is so clearly and almost like blatantly to get the feds to like leave them alone. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, did you watch physical yet? Um, Apple TV. Yes, yes, yes. yes that's, that's yes, 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 yes. Yes. So, I'm very much looking forward to the last episode. I got totally hooked on that show. I'm like, no, it's good. I'm super glad Ted Lasso is back. I'm, 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 I'm going to be watching the hell out of that. But physical was really good i agree no i really thing. like the surfer dude i really i love the surfer dude oh and apparently it has been um um renewed for a season two. Oh, cool that's great news which um, is great news because i i mean um oh, I, we don't know yet how where they're going to go on like the the netflix like support don't support thing you know yeah so i'm glad that they they renewed it for a season two you know what my comfort show has become did i tell you already um, is it, it's not Frasier. No, it was Frasier. Yes. And then it, like, we got into some, like, more modern stuff. We did Parks and Rec in the office yes. and, um, what, all of that stuff. But lately, got back into Chuck. I loved Chuck. That was it, well, a good like, show. Season one, Chuck is kind of a throwaway show. Yeah. Uh, it's very cookie cutter formula. But season two, it's still a bunch of bottle episodes, but it's far more interesting and better character development. And I'm actually like, I'm looking forward to watching it. Uh, we're also doing community right now. For, oh, like, I, was gonna, my, I was, I was actually going to, I was going to ask if you were watching community because community is one of my comfort shows. Yeah, for sure. And if community kind of like the, it go like something about the like sixth season, 
like it it loses some charm for me yeah well but uh but it's still awesome it's still great well i mean in fairness to them at that point they'd been canceled renewed canceled renewed (laughs) and then and then like yahoo of all people like saved them and then they cut the budget you know and like it just donald glover was like actually i'm gonna like be on my way to to like being an egot winner because Sure. I have no doubt that's probably going to happen for him. Um, and uh, yeah, so it ran out of steam, but. Six, 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 six seasons in a movie. Yep. I mean, look, they, they could make it happen. I mean, it would be a lot, but I think that um, Dan Harmon probably, I mean, he, they, they, he keeps claiming that he wants it to happen. I, I feel like Donald Glover's probably going to be the hardest one to get uh, his timing around. Well, sure. actually, probably Dan Harmon, too, because of, of Rick and Morty and other stuff. But, I mean, they did they did pretty well. It lasted way longer than anybody thought that it would have. And it, and it maintained, I think, for, like, yeah, that last season is is not the best, but it, it's pretty good. But, um, no, Chuck is a great show. Um, you know who, who? Uh, you know who created Chuck? No, who created Chuck? Josh Schwartz. And, uh, and, and you know what Josh Schwartz created? No. DOC and Gossip Girl. Oh, I suddenly don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I but I just I, I find it funny because you really like Chuck and like I think that's the I I just think it's like shows the talents of like a good showrunner or show creator well, that he could have like these. To be fair, I enjoyed season one of the OC. I, yes. I fell off the the tr- uh, the train the wet. Yeah, no, I fell off the train uh, after season one, but. It was a good show. It was. I'm not, it I'm was. not dissing the OC. No, no. Gossip Girl is not, is oh, not for you. There are some characters show up on Chuck and I was like, oh yeah, you recognize her from the OC. And yeah, that makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But but it, it took me a second to put together that Sarah Walker, like the lead female in the show, is the uh, ha- ha- Handmaid's Tale uh, blonde woman. Mm-hmm. That yeah, it's weird. It's it's a weird juxtaposition. It is, isn't it? Like when you see people in like those different things. Totally, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So Max Stock is virtual again this year. At well, I guess they're gonna do part. They're gonna have like sixty people allowed to attend in person. But I'm probably not gonna. 60 people if it were these 60 people that i really wanted right. to if see it was at like Max all Stock, the people that you wanted to see then you would go but because yeah, to be fair that. like there there's probably 30 to 40 people that really make max Stock awesome for me uh that i would travel to see anytime uh if should those, i go like like for virtual <laughs> well like not in person i i think it's free i think i'm don't hold me to this, but I'm pretty sure you can get a virtual pass and attend talks for free. And they have this Jitsi meet, uh, thing set up in the whole 3d lounge with like 3d sound where you can walk around and like conversations get louder, the closer you get to them and you can like pull people off into corners and that it's really fun. Um, yeah, you should. So anyway, I'm, I, he, he asked me if I wanted to speak and I wasn't sure because it, I have a month to prep and I I didn't know what I would talk about. And he's like, well, if you were open to it, you could talk about marked. And my brain immediately said, I could talk about bunch and I could spend it's they're just 20 minute talks this time around. I can easily spend 20 minutes, 20 minutes obsessing about bunch. No, I think that'd be great. I mean, there are so many avenues you could talk about bunched about. Like you could talk about so many things about like just the the app and the things you're doing with it. You could also talk about like developing it on the M1 and like the different ways that it works against different architectures and and like there's all kinds of Yeah. 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 I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna do a pre recorded twenty minute talk and then a Q and A and I it's gonna be I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I love talking about bunch. I've been on like three different podcasts basically just to talk about bunch which I don't make any money on, but it's such a labor of love for me. I love Bunch. It's bunchapp.com, right? Bunch, bunchapp.co. I went for the .co to be trendy. Uh, I'm all like super cool for like 2000, what would like 2015 maybe? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. See, now, now, now the new thing would be like bunchapp.dev or .io or something. Um, so <laughs> at work, we're building out, like I'm building out this Jekyll-based uh, uh, content platform for Oracle. And uh, it colloqui- colloquially, colloquially, they refer to developer.oracle as DevO. So when they registered a domain for this new platform, they, they registered devo.build. Except if you don't know, if you're not in the loop, what it actually says is devo.build. And so I sent around pictures of like Devo and like the Whippet uh, yes. uh, cover with like the red hats and everything. And I'm not sure our, our very international team all understood what I was pointing out. Uh, but apparently we're, we're rolling with it. We're going to be Devo.build. Devo.build. That's not bad. I, uh, I own uh, Christina.dev, um, Advocates.dev, which I was supposed to give to Microsoft, but I never did. <laughs> you, um, should, you should definitely charge for that. I mean, I will if I if I if I need to. Uh, I also own failed.dev, um, which I haven't done anything with, but is great. Oh, um, you should register developers, developers, developers.dev. <laughs> Sell that to Microsoft. Uh, they don't they don't like to buy domains um, anymore, <laughs> unfortunately, um, because somebody owned like somebody uh, one of the Andes owned like buildconference.com and like offered to sell it to them, and they were like we don't buy them anymore. I do own, yeah, what do I, uh, um, oh, I own shitposter.dev, <laughs> girlscan.dev, failed.dev, cloudconf.dev. Uh, that's just an idea at don't, some point. Don't dev domains cost like 30 bucks a year? Something like that. And that's I think quite Christina. quite an investment dev, you're making. Uh, I, for, I always forget about it. Christina.dev is like 100 bucks a year. Wow. But it's Christina.dev. So. Sure, sure. So, I mean, I don't want some other bitch to have it. So, like, that's always my thing. Like, like some other bitch has Christina.cloud and that, like, makes me so angry. Um, actually, no, I might have Christina.cloud. Oh, some other bitch has Christina.io. I have Christina.cloud. Yeah, good good call, um, this bitch, Christina. Um, yeah, so. Speaking of bitches having money. Yes. Rihanna is now a billionaire. No, fuck yeah, I love it. Uh, bitch, but I have my money. That is that is very like I expect Makeup, all pop man. stars. I expect all pop stars to be millionaires. Like that's a given. One hundred percent billionaire. This is what happens when like you have a a very very successful partnership with LVMH. Yeah. Makeup is like and, and beauty beauty in general is a fucking like massive industry. I mean, we learned that from the Kardashians. Like. Kylie has more I learned money nothing than all of them. from the Kardashians. Okay, well, I learned <laughs> how much money there is in beauty when when Kylie's lip kits made her a billionaire before she turned 20. And I was like, what? I mean, and then they debated that and they were like, oh, maybe she's not, maybe she isn't. Now, I'm, now I think that, that she is. And, and at this point, I don't remember who it was. Um, I think it was Estee Lauder. Somebody bought a huge portion of, of Kylie beauty. I don't know. Anyway, like... They they made money on that stuff, but yeah, Rihanna being a billionaire. I mean, I gotta say, I think that um, I think it was either Jezebel or the new Gawker who had like the headline, who was like the only good billionaire. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll, I I agree. Like, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't upset me. Doesn't upset me at all. Also, the stuff that she's done, like with with Fenty Beauty and like both with her makeup and also with her lingerie and stuff is really cool because it's been inclusive like from the beginning and it targets audiences that don't get big attention from these big brands and big things like people who have dark skin color like like her her foundations is famous for having like i think they have like 36 different shades or some shit and like actually they probably don't have one that's light enough for me um which is completely fine because there are a million beauty companies out there who do have shades light enough for me so i don't need that but people who need darker shades and who have to like deal with like bad makeup jobs and like not having stuff that this their you know skin tone don't have those options and so 
Fenty Beauty does. And the same thing with like with her lingerie, like it goes way up in plus sizes, which most lingerie brands like stop at a certain size, both for like breast size and for, you know, like like hip size. And, you know, that puts a whole bunch of people out. Again, not something that I have an issue with, but like it's not a you know, it's not about me. Like I, I can recognize like I'm I'm in a very privileged position in that. Um, even though like it's hard for me to find things that, that fit the way I want sometimes because if you're too big or too small, it always sucks. Usually how it works is that they will make accommodations for the person who's too small, whereas sure. they won't for anybody who's even slightly larger. So I'm like, I'm happy for Rihanna, man. Like you go like seeing her in the Forbes list and the, 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 um, the way that Forbes says their, their list is interesting. Like the way that they try to confirm it, like they want a, bunch of data like i think this was why kylie was like kicked off the billionaire list or something because they didn't have the receipts and and it's it's like who knows how accurate it is but like they actually want like a lot of stuff like they 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 seem to put more into like their evaluation of are you a billionaire or not than like the irs does because like donald trump <laughs> donald trump like famously got like very upset if they like didn't give him like the proper net worth amount yeah. like he would have like many many correspondence with them about like making sure he was included but yeah yeah that makes sense um is 1.7 billion is is taylor a billionaire she's not she's not amazing yeah well but see she doesn't do um the 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 merch in this way yeah like she doesn't have the beauty brand she's not hustling she doesn't have side hustles Right. Not not in the way that she could make that kind of big money right like if she like if taylor were to want to do a beauty brand she could be a billionaire, no problem. And she wouldn't even have to do anything but license her name and she would be a billionaire. But um, but she doesn't. Um, if she'd bought... Actually, it's an interesting thing to think about. If she'd bought Big Machine Records, I don't know if she had the cash for it or not. I don't know if that asset would have given her like the value to get closer or not. It's an interesting question. Speaking of Taylor, and, and yes. work with me on this, track with me on this. Okay. How did you feel about the end of Loki? Oh, um. You see how I got there? Yeah, yeah, totally. I I liked it. Uh, I thought that it was one of the, okay, here's how I felt about it. It was the weakest episode of the series, which I think has been the same. It was the same way I felt about um, uh, WandaVision and um, about uh, Winter Soldier, which I didn't like, but I loved WandaVision. And that, like, they haven't quite nailed the finales yet. They haven't quite figured out how to do that stuff. But um, although I liked the finale better than One Divisions, but I really did like how they like open it up for what the next season is going to be, and like that kind of cliffhanger. Like, I thought that was really good. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a big fan of multiple the multiverse, multiple timelines. Like, it's too the plot gets too hairy. Uh, right. They tend to do a good job with it. Uh, I, I, I'm not overly frightened that it's going to go haywire. But you know what I'm mourning is the loss of shows like Jessica Jones and The Punisher yes. and Daredevil. Yes. yes. Like, those were so... I love those shows. No, and me too. We're never going to see that stuff again. No, we're not. No, we're not. It's 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 so funny you say that because I, um, I do a Twitter spaces on Saturdays with um, some other nerds talking about marvel stuff at least when the marvel stuff is like airing and i've made that exact same point that you just made because disney will never allow it like i was actually shocked that they let um wandavision get as dark as they did yeah um but i like nowhere near like jessica jones dark not even like like jessica jones dark yeah like like jessica jones is like sexual assault like it is yeah you know like it is trauma right like like punisher Punisher yeah. too, yeah. But like, 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 like the like the tenth Doctor, like, like the best Doctor, you know, like and Doctor Who, like, is a freaking monster in Jessica Jones. Like, there's a lot there. Like, yeah. it's it's a it's a lot. Um, but um, WandaVision, I thought handled it very well, and probably like as as hardcore as we could expect to see in a Disney thing. And and Loki as well. There was some stuff where they like it was more adult than I expected. But I felt the exact same way. I was like, yeah, it sucks that we will never again get like an R-rated 
interpretation of any of the Marvel stuff, which sucks because Jessica Jones and, and Punisher and stuff were like, were really good. Everything except for Iron Fist. Oh, Iron Fist was, yeah, it was trash. <laughs> okay. I feel like we've come to the end of the episode. I think so. I think I, so. It was a, it was a good, a checkered, we didn't get too deep into like drugs or what did we do last week? Last week got weird. No, last week was like, was like a therapy session for you freaking out about your job. <laughs> which, which I like, as soon as we posted it, I was like, oh no, I'm going to get fired now. Nope. Nope. I, I didn't get fired. You I, didn't get fired. I didn't get reported to the higher ups. I know there are people at Oracle that listen to this podcast. Hello, Oracle people. I love you guys. Um, but no one, no one turned me in. So I'm good. No. And you didn't say anything wrong. And if anything, like I was the one who would have been like put on a list of like, do not recruit this person <laughs> because she's telling him not to worry about working because, um, you know, of how slow stuff works. But I was just like, look, I, I, I know how this works. I know you're freaking out. You're going to be fine. You're going to get it working. Um, yeah. And and I'm glad that you got the the demos working and um, and the lab working. So this is good stuff. And it, it uh, debuts next week. Um, the lab will run on August 11th. Yes. And I will be taking August 16th and 17th off from the day job as uh, as a reward. No, but I also have other shit I have to do. So nice. Anyway. Um, well, that's actually great. That means like you don't like you like get to see it launch and then you're like, ah, I get to peace out a week later, which is always yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and depending on how things go, I'm, I'm, I might stick you with uh, with a really fun uh, substitute co-host. We'll, no, we'll you've see. been telling me this. You're, you're saying this is going to be surprised this works out. I'm, I'm excited about it. I have no idea who it is, but I'm, I'm excited. You will get to talk about The Bachelor <gasps> in a way that you could never talk to me about The Bachelor. Which is to say I can talk about The Bachelor. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. All right. There's, 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 there's a new one. Uh, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm, I'm dying to. It's on HBO Max called like Fuckboy Island, <laughs> which, which looks great. And it's okay. from like the creator of the, of, of the Bachelor. And so I'm like very excited about it. All right. I will, uh, I will, I will hook you up with, a, with another play date. Fantastic. All right. Well... Christina, I, you've been up since midnight. You really should get some sleep. All right. Get some sleep, Brett. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. You too. The system is going down low.